This is Welcome Home Radio from the Fresno Association of Realtors on 940 ESPN. Well, good morning and welcome to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host on our Valley's most informative real estate talk show. Sours being brought to you by the Fresno Association of Realtors. And the goal that we have is to provide you with some really good information so that you can make some really good decisions about your real estate needs, when to buy, when to sell, when to hold. Um, and so anyway, to help me with that, I have uh, a, a good friend and, and a great realtor here in the studio with me, George Meese. How are you, George? I'm well, Don. Good morning. Good morning. And um, thank you for coming in and sharing your, what do you have? Four, five, six years experience? <laughs> yeah. Well, you can say four or five. <laughs> you know, 45, 45 years. 45. Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 You got started you before that? I did. Yeah. 19, 1974. Right. I was actually 23 at one time. <laughs> so you've seen a thing or two, so you probably know a thing or two. <laughs> Where did I hear that before? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I think it was on a commercial. Um, speaking of commercials, there's a realtor commercial that you're seeing out there that just got released a couple weeks ago, and you're seeing it on social media, also hearing it or seeing it on television. And we're going to play that one, and then we're going to talk about it and, and what it really means. So um, I think we're ready to hear the commercial. It's a 48-second There's nothing commercial. quite like it. That feeling when you get the keys to your new home. But what got you to this point? 184 steps to be exact, and your local realtor managed every single one. The Fresno Association of Realtors are more than just agents. They are client advocates, neighborhood experts, skilled negotiators, paperwork masters, and industry connectors. Did you know local realtors maintain a strict code of ethics and a higher level of real estate education? Their insight into Fresno's unique communities and regional requirements puts you, the client, a cut above. So go ahead, rest easy, and settle in. You had a local realtor in your corner every step of the way. I really like that commercial. You know, Donna, yeah, I am really happy the way that came out. Uh, you know, we, we put a lot of thought into it, and uh, uh, I just feel like it really portrays what we do pretty well for 48 seconds yeah now so often when you see ads um, it, it, it's it doesn't really mean anything so what I want to do now is break down some of the things that were said in there and see how meaningful they really are so first of all it starts off with giving the keys to a new home what's that feel like as a, a realtor of 45 years yeah. I'll bet you still get excited when you give keys to somebody. You know, there's nothing better than handing the keys to a, a family excited about moving into their new home. It's it's really very rewarding. Oh, yeah. And, and for the effort that many families have to go through to get to that point has got to be extremely life-changing for them, too. Yeah. I mean, just going through a 30- or 45-day escrow can be... Uh, um, it can be hard. Yeah, and, and a lot of families have, have been what we call like on a game plan to prepare themselves to be a buyer for, for possibly years. 
Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the keys to a new home. That that um, that's the excitement. There was probably frustration the day before escrow closed because you thought it was going to close the day before that. You had the moving vans ready to go, and then you had to wait because the county recorder's office wasn't open on Sunday. You know, there's <laughs> there's so many people involved in a real estate transaction that you just don't really think about that can have an effect on on the timing. And most people that don't do it every day, uh, you know, it can be a little stressful. Yeah, and the ad talks about 184 steps to get you there. So that's not always all by one person. There's, no. There's people behind the scenes. Well, of course, you first you have your, your lender. Uh, and, and that's something that starts probably long before the offer's uh, ever made on a property. But it's not just your lender. The whole lending department, there's processors, funders, uh, there's escrow title. You know, you have your myriad of inspections. Uh, you the have appraiser. sellers that, you know, maybe uh, uh, tr trying to move into their home also, and you know there can be delays. It's, it's uh, sometimes you're you're really juggling. Sometimes we get into what we call the daisy chain, where it's a ripple effect. Maybe yeah. there's four or five escrows all closing at about yeah. the same time, but it takes the first one to close to set right. off that chain reaction. That's right. That's right, and and we can sometimes lose sleep over those type of transactions. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so there are a lot of steps, 184 steps um, to, to manage and to oversee. And I've often said the realtor is kind of like the jungle guide. You know, we're going to try to steer you around the potholes and, and, right. and bumps the, in the road, the bumps, the traps, and uh, keep it moving forward in a positive direction. Now, where they say that there's client ad that we are client advocates, what what would you take from that? What does that mean to the average person out yeah. there? Well, the average person doesn't probably realize that realtors are really their line of defense for home ownership rights, and we we are constantly advocating for our for our property owners. Uh, in Sacramento and also on a national basis, and we're, there's always legislation coming up that that we have to either support or uh, uh, fight against. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're advocating for property rights and home ownership benefits. We try to keep uh, uh, home ownership affordable, uh, and that's a difficult task. Sure, and a great example is if the GSEs, the government um, en enterprises, were to go away, such as Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, we might see the 30-year mortgage go away, and all of a sudden, home ownership isn't as uh, affordable as it as right. it should be. Uh, there's we're constantly fighting red tape that uh, uh, on new construction that that also adds to the cost of home ownership. Uh, there's so many things, uh, you know, they're, I'm not saying they're bad things, but they add cost to the properties. Mm -hmm. In the ad, they also talked about realtors being skilled negotiators. Um, and it's not just the price. 
There's the time and the terms. That's right. Um, give us an example of terms that might need to be negotiated. Well, there's, you know, there's many, many things that uh, uh, can come up in a transaction. You may, uh, your buyer may have a contingency on the sale of another property. Uh, there's the length of the escrow. Uh, sometimes uh, a buyer needs help with closing costs. Uh, so the, the actual price is, is not really the, the main thing you want to look at. It, sometimes it's the bottom line. Sometimes it's the timing. Yeah. I have an interesting one. I showed one uh, home earlier in the week, and it was contingent, contingent upon the um, bankruptcy court approval, which means the seller has a lot of timelines that they have to go through and some maybes and some ifs mm -hmm. and contingencies. So I really had to think that one through. Thankfully, they didn't like the house. <laughs> but but before we got there, I had to yeah. think it through, like how would I make that timing fit with the needs of my client, the buyer? Right, right. Um, because they need, you know, they, they can't move out of their home and not have the other one ready. They got small children. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, depending on how the length of time, it's awful hard for a, a buyer to purchase a home with their thinking they're not going to be able to move into it with in a reasonable period of time. Mm -hmm. um, how about paperwork masters? Yeah, we have piles of paperwork. Uh, our our contracts uh, currently twelve pages long. It's going to, I believe, sixteen soon. Uh, that's not even uh, uh, talking about the, uh, the number of disclosures that uh, we use on a daily basis. There's uh, all kinds of title and escrow paperwork. Uh, I feel sorry for the trees sometimes when I look at our files. Yeah. Of course, there are a lot of transactions now that are being done paperless. That's right. We're, er, everything really is scanned and, and uh, uh, for the most part, mm. uh, but we still deal with a lot of it, actual papers. Yeah. Um, also in the ad, it mentions being a neighborhood expert. How, how does a real estate agent become the, that neighborhood expert, and then how do they impart that to their clients? Yeah. Well, we, we have the tools available to us to get the most accurate information on, on any particular neighborhood. Uh, you know, I I'd also say with experience, there's, there's certain things you learn about a neighborhood that you may not be able to pick up just by looking at our, our statistics. But uh, um, I, I feel like by uh, uh, constantly following what's happening in our market, and also being a member of the community, we have uh, uh, gained that knowledge. So that's that local expertise. So maybe if your agent was from Sacramento, they may not be able to help you as much. You know, I, I really believe that local knowledge is very important. Yeah, just knowing the schools and such. Yeah. Well, Hang on to some of these thoughts. Uh, we're going to go to our first commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Well, 
Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is John Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have George Meese of George Meese Realtor. That's the name of the company, right? That's it. Uh, right. Pretty clever, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and and um, you truly run a mom and pop shop. It's it is. not a big corporate it's, atmosphere. It's just my wife and myself. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love working that way. I've, I've, you know, over the years experienced different uh, uh, real estate offices, large and small. But at this stage of my career, I, I enjoy just kind of worrying about my own troubles and and doing my own thing, and not being in management. But uh, yet you are in management because you're the the chairman of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. That's past correct. president of the Fresno Association of Realtors. So yeah, um, and this is actually my second stint as the chairman of the Multiple Listing Service. I was uh, chair back in 2006, if I recall, and mm. boy, the things changed. Yeah, <laughs> amazing what electricity will do, <laughs> or I mean the internet. <laughs> All right, we were talking about the commercial that the realtors are running, which is promoting the realtor product yeah um uh, and it is different than being a real estate agent and it's right yeah and there's a lot of real estate agents some sell commercial some sell agricultural land Mm -hmm. Uh, the realtors primarily sell uh, homes but doesn't have to a realtor can also do um, other types of of real estate right and as a realtor of course we have a strict code of ethics that, that we are bound to what does the code of ethics mean to a client? Well, I think it. most clients may not be aware that we have this code of ethics, but as realtors, we do have uh, uh, certain rules that we follow uh, regarding competing with uh, amongst ourselves, uh, the treatment of the public, uh, a very a large segment of our code of ethics is in regard to our treatment of the public and being honest and truthful in all our dealings and uh, uh, um, things along that line. And just so everybody knows, our code of ethics also has some teeth to it. Um, right. So if a realtor breaks the code and is not honest and truthful in a transaction or in their advertising, um, then they can be reprimanded for that. That's right, and our code of ethics is actually stronger than what's required by law. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. And a, I think an example of that would be uh, there's nothing in the law that comes out from the Department of Real Estate that says you that you can go knock on the door of an existing listing and try to, uh, to get that business, even though they're currently in a contract. That's right. um, prohibited however, by the code. Yeah code of ethics says you can't do that uh and that would really make our industry look like cutthroats if that's what we did right right and our code also requires us to to have knowledge in the type of property that we're dealing with so i you know i don't i i I sell residential properties that's what i do I don't claim to be a commercial broker, and, and it would be really a violation of the code for me to to try and promote myself as a commercial broker without any actual knowledge of, of that. In so, fact, a good way to put it is, according to the Department of Real Estate, by law, 
we have a license, we can go out and negotiate an oil and gas lease and mineral lease. I don't think we yeah. would know where to start, where, though. Exactly. Where would we start? <laughs> okay. Um, so let's, and that's part of that neighborhood experts that, that the commercial talks about, um, that we're, we need to have a geographical competency. We need to know about the market and the neighborhood. Right. right. And the, 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 one, one of the things I took away from the commercial is the skilled negotiators. And that is something that, that I, I think working with people uh, comes with experience. Uh, we, we are constantly uh, uh, trying to manage expectations and control emotions because it really can be a very emotional experience for, for the public. Uh, they just don't do it every day. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's a good point. Not something they do all the time. So I know that in the old days, like when you and I first started, <laughs> it was okay if somebody had a listing for $80,000. Yeah, if you offered $50,000, that would get you in the door. And then yeah. you could, you know, and the old saying used to be, well, um, you can always come up. You can't go down. Right. But that's not so times. true anymore, is it? No. And, uh, um, you know, in the in the market we're in, I I don't see that there's anyone making steals of any type, but we should expect to make a reasonable deal on a, a home, and and the same way with a seller, where you you know you're not going to be asked to give away your property in this market. But you want to keep an open mind to a, to a, an offer. Uh, chances are you're not going to have the multiple offers like we were seeing uh, a year or so ago. Mm -hmm. So you use the word reasonable. So what does reasonable get you in negotiating? Let's say you're a buyer. Uh, somebody's asking three hundred thousand for for the property, and, and let me add this to the mix: it's a good property. Okay. So somebody says, George, let's put in an offer of 200. Yeah, uh, I would counsel my buyers not to do that in this market. And also on the other side, I would counsel the sellers, let's not reach too high. Let's stay within what our comparables are, are, are showing us. Sure, because even if you found a buyer at an extremely high price, yeah and the buyer has to get financing, it probably won't appraise. That's right. You know, if, even if you were to receive an offer at, at that uh, overrated price. Mm -hmm. So let me put you in the example where you're, you're working with a seller and your price, you're listed at 300000 And in fact, that 300000 is what your recommendation to the seller was. So we know it's a, a reasonable price. Right. Um, they bring, somebody brings you an offer that's really low and how do you manage that when the seller yeah. says, no way, no right. way, just tell them, go fly a kite. Yeah. Um, you know, it happens and I, I really am reluctant to just reject an offer. I, I normally will say, come on, let's, let's see if we can find some common ground and we work towards that goal. Let's say, tell me, 
tell me what your bottom line is, and, and let's give that to them. If they don't rise to that point, then we can move on to another buyer. Yeah, let the, let the buyer who made the really low offer be the one to, to kill it. That's right. Yeah, so come back with what you got. I had one about a year ago where the buyer made a unreasonably low offer and the seller just wanted to reject it. They didn't want to waste their time. And I was able to convince them, let's at least go back and tell them what you will do. Right. They went back. We, we went back with a counter offer that, to be honest, I didn't think was going to work at all. I mean, there was just too much space in between. And surprisingly, the buyer said, well, I'll do that if you give me more time on this. Uh-huh. So my seller ended up giving up a little bit of time, which was okay, um, in return for the price that they wanted. Yeah. So There's, that's that thing what you talked about, finding common ground. Right. See what's important. All right. But it's not all about the realtor job is not all about skilled negotiating. How about the ad says to be an industry connector? What's all that mean? Well, we each of us has our team that we work with, and it usually consists of lenders, pest control, uh, uh, escrow and title, and uh, virtually everyone, uh, natural hazard uh, uh, report providers, uh, we we all have our our team that we work with, we're comfortable with, and we can connect our buyers with people that we know are going to help them get their transaction through. Mm-hmm. So, and and this, I'm sure you've been in this situation. You're putting a transaction together, going through the 184 steps, and uh, the buyer might say, well, I found something online for a lender and their rates, they claim that their rates are unbeatable. Yeah. And my cousin from Georgia used them before. Yeah. I, I always counsel my clients to please use a local lender. Everyone's life will be better. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way you put that. Um, now, in the ad, it also mentioned about knowing the regional requirements. What, what does that mean? Well, in, in some areas, uh, and we're experiencing it right now, in the uh, eastern side of our market, in the, the mountains and foothills, we're having real issues with fire insurance, mm-hmm. and, and it's causing a lot of problems, and, and there's been, uh, uh, because of the fire danger, and if you look over on the coast, there's coastal commission requirements that, that I would not be aware of. So that's why I, I don't even attempt to, to sell, list or sell property on the coast, even though I'm licensed to sell anywhere in the state. I try to stay where, uh, within the area that I, I have my local knowledge. You brought out a good point about being up in the mountains. I recently saw a... Um a buyer got a, he was buying some foothill property and got a, um, a quote off of an un, a lending quote uh, online. And they had the insurance at $50 a month, which would be $600. Yeah. 
Sounds about right, except. (laughs) Yeah, except that he's in a high fire hazard area. And how would that lender, who was probably back in Detroit, Michigan, know that? And and so a local lender was able to say, hey, I'm going to quote you this, but it's not going to have that unreasonably low quote for insurance. Yeah. Well, we are getting ready for our next commercial break, so stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host, and here in the studio with me, is George Meese, longtime Fresno realtor. Long time Fresno realtor. <laughs> yeah, you could say that. <laughs> okay. Um, and we've been talking about what a realtor does in a transaction. Here's, and that's in a transaction. Now I want to ask you this question because this does not involve a transaction, it involves a relationship. And that is the realtor maybe sold you your home three, four, five years ago, but, and you know, all went well, you like them, they're, gonna, they're staying with you as the realtor. They give you the phone call. George, we've seen that interest rates have gone down. Should we refi or not refi? Where do you go with that? Yeah. Well, first of all, Don, I actually love getting calls like that. I, I, I'm happy to have my clients feel like if they have any type of real estate question, whether it's doing something financially for me or not, I, I love being the source of information for them. And, and uh, so I, I don't mind taking those calls all day long. And, uh, uh, you know, you, the, the correct answer is on, on whether or not to do a refi is, well, let me ask you a few questions. Yeah. And, uh, uh, you know, if you're, if you've had your loan for uh, 20 years, I would say maybe not a good idea. You're getting close. It's paying down real well at the time. Uh, but I can tell you, uh, just my daughter, who's who's bought a home about two years ago, her and her husband, uh, they just took advantage of the lower rates and was able to refi and, and save several hundred dollars a month. And so since they weren't into their loan very far, it, it made financial sense. And over time, it'll pay off for them. Mm-hmm. And of course, it's not always about the payment that drops because if you're extending the loan from maybe you only have 20 years left, and if you extend it back to 30, yeah, your yeah. payment's going to be less. But now you're paying yeah. another 120 payments. That's right. Yeah. So you're you're yeah. going backwards. So if, if you're at the the point where your loan is, uh, you know, as you get towards the end of your loan, more and more of that payment is going towards principal. And so you uh, you want to consider those type of things in, in making that decision. And also, uh, you know, it's it's not up to me to tell people uh, what to do with their money. But if someone is is refinancing their home to uh, buy a new car or a boat or whatever, uh, I would you know my personal feeling is you know don't use your home as a piggy bank and mm-hmm. and. Uh, 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 if you're if you're doing something that makes financial sense, saving you money, that might be the the way to go. Well, and a good way to look at it is if you're 
pulling cash out. You're using the bank for a short-term thing. And maybe you say, well, it's to improve the home. We're going to put some new landscaping in or, or some paint. Well, those things don't last forever. Yeah. As opposed to, let's say you're going to put on a new 30-year roof. Mm-hmm. All right, that one yeah. could make yeah. some sense, and 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 maybe an equity loan, uh, equity line of credit or something would be more feasible for a use like that. So, what's the difference between refinancing and an equity line of credit? Well, in in refinancing, you're refinancing the entire mortgage. If you're going to your credit union or your bank to get an equity line of credit, you're just pulling an additional amount of money. To, to take care of a need, and it's uh, in, it would be in the form of what's called a second deed of trust. Okay, and usually shorter term? Oh, yeah, yeah. Probably a little higher interest rate? Probably a little higher interest rate. But it's shorter term, Sh- so the interest you pay will actually be less. That's right. You extinguish that loan fairly quickly. Yeah, I like that. Extinguish the loan. <laughs> um. How about, and I know we saw this back in 2005 a lot, where people were able to borrow to 100%. They could pull cash out yeah. up to 100% of what they the yeah. place was worth. Yeah, and a lot of people ended up being way upside down because of that mm. and not recommended. Yeah. Although uh, we do have loans right now that, that – uh, 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 for instance, the uh, VA loans are 100% financing, and but the property has to appraise. The buyer has to actually qualify. So there's a lot of things that that are, are different than in 2005. Yeah, in 2005, you could borrow, you could pull cash out of your home, which is one characteristic of a loan called the cash out refi. You could go to a 100% loan to value, which is another characteristic of a home, a no equity loan. Then they also had the no documentation feature. Yeah, so you didn't even have to prove that you had a job. More importantly, you didn't even have to prove that you had the ability to repay the loan. Yeah, it's crazy. When you think back, it was Yeah, and then there's the fourth one to add on there, the adjustable rate. So maybe you're thinking, well, gosh, I could... I can make this payment here. Yeah. And, of course, it's based on 1%. Yes, your teaser rate. The teaser rate. But then within a year, two years, maybe the payment doubled or tripled. Yeah, and and that tripped up a lot of people. Yeah. In fact, the Fresno Association of Realtors did a survey uh, back in 2009, and we looked at the last three years, 2007, 8, and 9, where did the foreclosures come from? So we used our database of information to find out. Remember um, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what caused all these? And we found that 51% of the foreclosures did not come from the purchase of a home. It came from a Refin- cash out refinance. Right. Somebody who may have bought the home for 100000 now it was worth 200000 and they borrowed 200 on it. Yeah, free money didn't stay free very long. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, be that's something something to be very careful with. Yeah. And and another part of the, that survey, the average times that a person did a cash out refinance before they lost eventually lost it was 
2.1 times. So more than two times they did this nefarious act. Yeah. I'm not and sure it, what nefarious means, but. I, yeah, it just, uh, I, I know the feeling then was prices are ju- just escalating so quickly. And it, it there was a feeling like this is never going to end. And, and boy, did it. Yeah, it did end. Um, another interesting thing that came out of that survey, we only f- um, found 18% of the foreclosures were in our multiple listing service, only 18%. So that means 82% of the foreclosures came from cash out refis, mm-hmm. other types of refis like the rate and term refis, or private party transactions where they did not use the professional service of a realtor. So I think it's safe to say one of the benefits of using a realtor is you have a safer transaction. I agree. There's there's right now uh, safety steps in in every transaction to avoid uh, over appraising a property. That was uh, uh, something that was happening back then. Uh, it a lot of things have changed to to protect the consumer. Mm-hmm. Is there a index or a rule of thumb about how much the interest rate has to drop to make it worth refinancing? You know, I I would say in, in, for me, if, if you're dropping your rate by two percent, that would be financial sense if you plan on being in your home for a long period of time Mm -hmm. and I what's your feeling on that yeah yeah I was just gonna say I heard this one sometime back and it really really makes sense when you don't look at the monthly payment drop maybe it dropped a hundred dollars but look at the interest rate cost and what Mm -hmm. it dropped let's say it was fifty dollars a month is all you're saving, but you right. had to spend $5,000 to in cost to refinance it. That means it's going to take you a hundred months before you break even. That's right. You've got to be there for the long run. Yeah. Yeah. So look at all that stuff. And then there's alternatives to refinancing too. Like if, and that is pay your loan down quicker, yeah. put in an extra hundred dollars a month. Yeah. It's amazing what that'll do. Mm-hmm. And that's something that you could ask your realtor for a little help on. Yeah. We could run what's called an amortization schedule for you and, and, and let you know what that, that actual difference would be. How about uh, when you see the advertisements that say no closing costs on a refinance? What does that mean to you, George, as an uh, experienced professional yeah, realtor? Uh, I, I'm really I, building you up yeah, here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I say no closing costs, I would think that they're building something in uh, on your loan balance. Yeah, that's right. It, maybe your loan balance is two hundred thousand, and they might up it to two hundred five, mm-hmm. and right. use that five thousand yeah. dollars for yeah. the closing costs. So, yeah, the other way they can do it is maybe the interest rate you should be getting is three point seven five but they give you a 3.95. Right, you can so, bump the rate. Yeah. Yeah. So there is no free lunch. There is no free lunch. Unless you're buying today. But uh, uh, 
you know, when you mention closing costs, a lot of times a buyer can, uh, can qualify for the loan, can make the payments, can save the down payment, but then the additional closing costs that they have to come up with is sometimes hard to reach for or hard to attain. And so in, in uh, uh, certain price ranges in our market, it's not real uncommon for a buyer to ask the seller to help with the closing costs. And in some cases, a lender will do that and, and actually bump the rate just a little bit. The buyer still qualifies but it'll help offset some of the closing costs that are needed to, to make that transaction uh, go through. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what we're establishing here is that it's not just, in, the realtor doesn't just have value in the transaction, they have value in the relationship after the transaction. Maybe that's a good next ad for us. We'll ponder that one as we go to our next commercial break. Stay tuned to Welcome Home Radio, 940 ESPN. Welcome back to Welcome Home Radio. This is Don Scordino, your host. And here in the studio, we have George Meese, who this year happens to be the chairman of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service. Um, George, tell us, what is a multiple listing service? Well, the, uh, the multiple listing service is, is actually a clearinghouse of information. And, and we do, there's several several things to it. First of all, we're offering, uh, we, we have an offer of compensation to each other. And, and what that means is when, when a, a realtor shows another realtor's home, they know upfront what to expect in, in the form of compensation. It doesn't, it's not negotiated. We, you, you know upfront, it makes our, our, our business run smoothly. If, if you had to imagine uh, having to change realtors for every home you looked at uh, because of, uh, uh, it would be cumbersome. And, and so by doing this, we all work together. We all, uh, uh, we, can, we can submit an offer on another person's property. We, we're negotiating for our clients, but we're not negotiating for ourselves. And that's, that's one of the key aspects. But one of the things that uh, MLS does is it provides timely, accurate information to our members and also for use of our appraisers. Uh, the, this information is really key to what we do. And so all these online uh, portals out there that claim to have this database of information, they actually got it from our MLS, is they that do. correct? They get it from us. So the Fresno MLS is the f straight from the horse's mouth. I mean, it is where the where it all originates. We 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 report our our information. We submit our listings. We have strict timelines to do all those things. We we really want this information to be timely, and and it, it makes makes it work better for all of us. Mm -hmm. I heard an argument many years ago. No, not an argument. A debate about. Uh, MLS is just a database. Another person said, no, it's an association of people that use the database. Yeah, it's Was all I of right? the above. Yeah. <laughs> and and, and uh, uh, talking about timely information, uh, Don, you and I can both remember having to w wait a, a week 
or two weeks for our uh, our books to come in with the new listings. And it's crazy because when a listing is submitted now, it's live and there's no delay. Yeah. Yeah, the internet really did change things. And I also think it, going back to negotiating and and pricing, that has changed pricing and negotiating also. Yeah. Uh, What's a very common question now from a buyer when you're at the doorstep? What will they take? Yeah. And, and how many days on the market? Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's... Yeah. That does affect uh, what a buyer is willing to offer sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, tw- 20 years ago, that's all it was. We still had our book. Yeah. If somebody said, well, how many days on the market has it been? It's like, well, it's been on the market 13 days, but the book just came out yesterday. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So things have really changed there. Um, what? So... Uh, Rules and regulations is another thing that the MLS offers, whereas right. some websites have no rules and no regulations. That's right. And and we have rules in the way we uh, uh, present the properties. Uh, we we want to make sure that anything that is public-facing is, is available for uh, any of our members to use, not pr- self-promoting any individual realtor that may have submitted that property. And, and that's one of the, the key things that allows us to, to work together uh, as an organization. So I think if people were to go look at listings uh, that are on the Fresno Multiple Listing Service, notice this. There are no for sale signs in there. No, we, we do not allow pictures of the signs to be in, in our uh, uh, listing materials. And why would that be? Well, because we're we're working in a spirit of cooperation with each other, and if if we're showing uh, information relating to our own personal websites or our our phone number on a sign, that's that's actually not cooperating with each other. That's self promotion, mm-hmm. and we want to we want to encourage our other agents to work with us on on making the uh, transaction go through. So I'm seeing something here. Some of the non-realtor websites that are data, and I won't even call them websites, they're databases of, of homes that don't have rules and regulations. They can be about advertising. That's it. Whereas the MLS is through working through the spirit of cooperation, which is an intangible thing, but an important thing, we're saying you can use your own realtor, and here's the information. We will share it. Exactly. Call your realtor. Mm-hmm. We're not saying call me. Okay. And, and that's important because a lot of people, a lot of buyers have their own realtor that the last 20 homes they've seen have all been with them. So who best to serve yes. them? And we totally respect that. We want people to use their realtor. Uh, we've if someone walks into my open house and says, I'm working with Don Scordino, well, I'm, let's use another example. <laughs> anyway, no, I, I say wonderful. And uh, 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 have them call me if you, if you have some interest. Mm-hmm. And you don't mind sharing the, the pot? No, no. Uh, we're happy to do that. Honestly, yeah. very happy to do that. And that's how organized real estate has worked for over 100 years. Yeah. In fact, 
even before the MLS books came out, I hear tell because I never, I'm not that old, but they used to give out index cards. Yeah. And it says, here, here here's the address, the price, the size, and here's how much I'm going to pay you, George, if you bring me an offer on that. Yeah, that offer of compensation was there. It, and that offer of compensation was good because um, just like anybody that shows up for work, you kind of want to know what you're going to get paid that day. You, let's say you're a, an electrician. You want to know what you're, you're being paid on an hourly basis. For sure. It's no different than any other industry. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, what's the geographical boundaries or are there boundaries for the Fresno Multiple Listing Service? Well, uh, we, we cover Fresno County and uh, uh, we have a lot of submissions from Madera County. Mm-hmm. Um, what if somebody has a property in Sacramento County? Can they put it in there? One of our members could do an out-of-area listing, uh, but if, if you're not a member of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service, you cannot submit a property to it. Okay, so a Sacramento agent who is not part of the Fresno Multiple Listing Service cannot... That's correct. Okay, and... and that lends itself to that geographical competency. That's right. And, and we do have areas where uh, 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 we have overlap, and, and uh, that's fine. You know, we, some of our neighbors will sometimes, let's say from Tulare County, and uh, will come with a client to Fresno uh, now and then, not often. And, and I'm sure our, our members will do the same things on occasion. Mm-hmm. But, uh, 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 you know, we are, are licensed to sell anywhere in the state, but for the most part, we're, we're staying here in, in our own neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Um, how easy is it to, to change things in the MLS? So, for example, you get a price reduction on your listing today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's very easy. And it, it just takes a matter of minutes to submit that change. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we have requirements. We have uh, uh, different statuses uh, in our MLS, uh, active listing, uh, pending, pending accepting backup listing uh, offers, and then, of course, the, the uh, sold. Uh, but we require any, any changes to the MLS be done within three days, and that's to keep our information current. So going back to the rules and regulations, let's say somebody doesn't make a change for seven days. Is there teeth behind this? There is. There, that would be considered a violation, and uh, uh, it would be a tier, what we call a tier one violation. But uh, 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 it could, you could receive a letter from the association, or, or possibly, if it's not corrected, uh, uh, even uh, uh, what, what our, our, our real goal is, is to make sure our M- members are educated and comply. We're, we're not here to find anyone, but it, it could happen. Yeah. This way you have the most trusted information out there, the most accurate. That's it. That's what we strive for. Yeah. Because I've seen other databases that have listings that look active, and yet they've been sold for months. Right. Yeah, I've seen that. They and, must. Uh, they must clients, not have any teeth behind yeah, their and rules our and Our clients rights. call us and say, hey, this shows us an active listing on 
XYZ. Uh, yeah, I was going to say an alphabet. <laughs> and and, uh, uh, and we, we look at it up and say, well, wait a minute. No, that closed three weeks ago. Mm-hmm. So, all right. So that helps that our multiple listing service has rules and regulations. There is enforcement behind it. So that's going to mean, oh, and there's also a staff of people that, that uh, work it. So that means you're going to get the most trusted, accurate information possible. Absolutely. George Meese, I want to thank you very much for coming in today and sharing your wit and your wisdom with us. My pleasure, Don. Thank you for having me. All right. And thank you to all our listeners for tuning in to Welcome Home Radio. Thank you and talk to you all next week.